3: living life as a gringo where you question where you fit and every time you mingle they say you do this with none of that my rapping is really bad (laughs) this life as a gringo yes hello and welcome to another episode of life as a gringo i am Drombos, of course and man it is a beautiful beautiful week we are here on on halloween this month has fucking flown by which is Insane! This year has completely flown by. It feels like we are are merely just we are literally just a, a couple of months away from from the end of it. I can't believe even saying that like New Year's is right around the corner. This is that time of year where like once Halloween hits, it's like boom, the the rest of the year just flies by, and we're all just at least personally, like I'm just just hanging on for the ride right now, uh, and I'm coasting until until the New Year. I think, which I hate to say, but feels like uh, that's what my body's telling me. And uh, who am I to argue with it? With that said, I'm really excited about today's show. Actually, first and foremost, before we even get into today's show, I want to make sure, top of show here, that if you didn't already know, I have a second podcast called The Street Stoic. And it is a short, like, 15-minute daily podcast, Monday through Friday. It is a combination of inspirational hip-hop lyrics and quotes with ancient Stoic philosophy meant to inspire you to get your day started, to teach you life lessons. doesn't matter if you're a fan of hip-hop or stoicism or not. I think these are all, like, universal messages. This is just, like, the language that I've chosen to to inspire people with. I'm really proud of this podcast. It is season two. Um, If you haven't already, go check it out. Please, do me a favor. Just, you know, if you are not driving right now, go ahead, just search in your phone right now, The Street Stoic. It's a yellow cover. Subscribe to it. It would make me incredibly happy. I would really appreciate it. Um, it's another project of mine that I'm just so passionate about. want to make sure you guys know about it. I think that there's so much good information in it. And um, not to pat myself on the back too much, but I put a lot of work into it. And it's really good, short, practical advice. It's a great way to kind of start your morning. I love those kind of short podcasts like that, especially when I was commuting to work um, every day where I can make it a part of my routine and, and listen to and, and get inspired and pumped up for it. The day ahead, and just to get my mind thinking a little bit. So that's what's for The Street Stoic. Again, if you're not driving, just do me a favor search and, and subscribe to it right now. Just search it wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's a yellow cover that'll pop up. The Street Stoic. You make me incredibly happy. I appreciate you. Thank you in advance. If you are driving, make like a mental note here. And uh, when you are pulled over safely, do the same, please. Now, with that said, on to today's show. We have a really dope guest. She is uh, an incredible podcaster, creator, comedian the name Rachel La Loca. And I think I'm really excited to get back to the core of this show. And I don't mean like, you know, like we've deviated so far from it. But I love when I get to revisit the basis of this show, the idea of living in your otherness. Right. And Rachel is a perfect example of that. I'll allow her to kind of tell her story. I don't want to take anything away from it. But a lot of the conversation today is living in your otherness. And, and also, you know, creating a life where you get to live within your passion and your purpose and do the important work to help your community to uplift and all those really amazing conversations and and finding your place within your culture your community and this world as a whole which i think so many of us are struggling to do and are are searching for essentially right so really excited to bring you this conversation so we're just going to get right into it Uh, we'll do it in our mi gente segment My guest today is a comedian and host of the Latinos Out Loud podcast. She is known as Rachel La Loca. How are you feeling?
0: (laughs) Uh, Bien loca. It's a Monday de locura. (laughs) But I feel great. Thank you for having Mm. me. This is so exciting. Of course.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to to have you on the show today because I've been following your content for a minute. And, and I think you kind of fit exactly into what a lot of the basis of this podcast is. And it's also like the, the thing that I think so many people who listen to relate to. And it's this idea of otherness almost, but like otherness in your Latin-ness, you know? Mm. And, and I, I love what you represent. And I kind of want to start there because I find it really interesting. You're half Dominican, Right. Um, yep. As well as, uh, as you say, your dad is your typical Brooklyn Jewish man, correct?
0: Correct. Yeah. With lineage from <laughs> Eastern Europe down the line.
3: Right. But you you obviously exist in in the Latin space, you know, and and very much, you know, um at least from the outside looking in, identify as a Latina, which you are. And I think for a lot of people who are mixed, which is kind of becoming far more of a norm within our community, within our culture, they struggle with that identity, right, of, of who they are and, and how they sort of um, will sort of give themselves to the outside world. So let's kind of talk a bit about that, a bit about this, this journey in, in finding your authenticity, if you will, kind of in that otherness uh, within our culture.
0: Yeah, you really said it so eloquently. There's this otherness. (laughs) There is this like hyphen that I live in between. And I've faced this like dichotomy, this duality my whole life. But I do find that like my mother being of the Dominican Republic and me spending summers in the DR. And by the way, BT dubs, my dad is a retired Hmm. Spanish teacher. So growing up with the (laughs) language coming from both sides yeah. like my dad with like textbook Spanish and my mom was like que lo, sure. que loco, like Dominican Spanish yeah. um I always grew up with this real appreciation for my culture it goes beyond language mm. but there right. have been times in my life where I most certainly don't feel like anyone or like I feel like I'm stuck in the middle somewhere it even stems mm-hmm. back to like grade school and middle school just being not like not being around a lot of Latinos and yeah kind of like feeling this responsibility of representing like I'm not just white like there's a yeah. smorgasbord there's a sancocho right here right. and You know, I I modulate, you know what I'm saying? I don't code switch, Mm. but like there's this modulation too. like even in show business, you know, going out there Mm. and auditioning for roles that aren't Latina is like, hold up. I think I'm too Latina looking um, for this role or on the other side of it, like just not looking the part enough. But I Mm -hmm. know I'm enough, you know, I'm enough of Mm. both worlds. And I do feel like I've got the best of both of them. Um, I represent hard body and I've I've seen this like way of life for where there are voids. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, yeah, Latino, Latinos Out Loud was born because of a void in the space. And mm. I do feel like Latinos, mm-hmm. we're still underrepresented. You know, we're still mm-hmm. underserved. So I do feel like there's a void in that space that I need to like wave my Dominican flag real hard. Yeah. In. And I love I love I love answering these questions because it's like, yeah, where what do you like identify as or like, where do you land uh-huh. uh, on in the spectrum of Latinidad? And I go right. from zero to 100. It depends. Yeah. But I'm I'm ready yeah. to go yeah. 100 whenever need be.
3: <laughs> right. Well, I, I want to know kind of where that confidence comes from. Right. Because you talk about, you know being very much aware of it, even as a young age, that you are kind of the outsider, right? To a degree, uh, particularly not growing up around Latinos, but I'm sure even amongst our own community, people sort of trying to check you a little bit because you are, you know, uh, not 100% Latino, right? So I've spoken to, you know, listeners of my podcast and and gotten a lot of feedback from people. And a lot of people do struggle with sort of being able to own it, right? Where that confidence comes from. Um, And I'm curious for you, did you have like, a come to Jesus moment, or, or or something that really got you into this space where you're owning, you know, this this confidence of of who you are and and being unapologetic about it.
0: Yo, I'm gonna preface this answer real quick with like a uh-huh. jokey joke. Uh-huh. Like, you know, when I was little, my my mother used to like blow dry my hair straight because. My hair is super curly, but to kind of fit in with everyone else in my class, I had the big bangs like a sheepdog. (laughs) Like you couldn't even see my eyes. I have to do something like like that in order to like, you know, see the chalkboard and shit. And it wasn't until (laughs) I started washing my hair by myself that I saw my hair started curling. I was like, oh, my God, what's happening to my hair? And it's like that, you know, that latinidad showing through the curls of my hair and the the volume of the curls in my hair and it was one of those are one of the moments where I was just like oh Mm -hmm. I kind of like this about myself and I'm Mm going to showcase that to other girls that also may be like relaxing their hair and hiding their curls and not being proud Mm of the You know, di que pelo malo, which really is pelo bueno, because I could go straight and Uh curly. You know what I'm saying? There were those kind of Uh moments. There was a moment in high school where, like, I started rolling with mad Latinas. I'm like, yo, I like the way this feels. I feel seen right now, you know? And now, like, later in life, in projects that I'm cultivating and working on, I really make an effort for that to shine because I feel like other Mm -hmm. little girls. Need to hear this and other latinos mm-hmm. that maybe aren't so proud of the latinidad because maybe their surroundings don't you know inflate that culture um
4: right. i'm doing
0: a lot of volunteer work at my son's school right now and i'm really proud to say mm-hmm. that i'm one of the chairs of the dei committee and you know mm-hmm. and that makes me really proud because i see the student body and i'm like yo these students are diverse as you know af but like there's yeah. there's not enough programming to like have them celebrate their culture. You know, like there's a ton of educational program and the school is fantastic about doing all that stuff. But like now right. it's time to inject and infuse and celebrate culture as well. Yeah. So there've been like these moments throughout my life. I love your question. Um, But like a come to Jesus, like a one single moment, nah dogs. Yeah. It's just like ever unfolding of moments that I continue to face because we're still kind of like, you know, especially us Dominicans and son, you know what I'm saying? Like
3: <laughs> we are sort
0: of still on the rise right now. Um, so it's sure. it's important to like preach and be confident about our culture. And I hope I'm doing a good job. I hope I'm like living up to this cause that I I you know I'm fighting for.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, and it's a lot of pressure, right? Because you feel that like even just existing, you're doing like like it's not you're not just merely living life you in your existence and in your battle to be authentic, you know, you're also fighting for other people. Right. And it's 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 a burden that we are welcoming on ourselves, but it is a heavy one to carry at the end of the day. Right. To, yeah. to be unafraid, to take up space and to, um, you know, be that oddball so that it hopefully co-signs for somebody else to feel comfortable in doing the same thing, you know.
0: Absolutely. And there's other things like platforms and stances, like aside from Latinidad and being proud to be this mixed mm-hmm. bread, like other things that I'm also, as you could probably attest to using my platforms mm-hmm. to communicate, to convey, you know, everything from like women's reproductive rights to like my infertility mm-hmm. story and infertility awareness in our communities. Um And mm-hmm. those are some of just some of the things that I think we are, we are also Like underrepresented in or like underserved, Mm -hmm. there are certain topics, themas that are still considered taboo, and I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. Porque? Like we need to talk about everything, yo. Like we're a vocal people, like at large. Yeah, we're storytellers, but yet there's some Mm -hmm. of these stories that were sort of shushed or like shunned away from sharing, like miscarriage and infertility. Like Mm -hmm. I mentioned, like I did. IBF, IUI, I UI, I con Yo, I mi madre. Like I did all the eyes to try to get pregnant. And not a lot of women yeah. are talking about that. So I'm using my comedy for a cause in certain instances to like just communicate these messages more that I feel like are not being spoken about, especially in the Latino community. I'm like, what's up with that?
3: Yeah. Well, we we're like very private unnecessarily. right. It's like this like. It's this sense of pride and this sense of we're always scared of what somebody else is going to say outside the house. Right. So it's like you never want to our parents are taught us from an early age to hide, hide, hide everything, essentially. Right. Oh, really? And I think that me- that that messaging as you get older, it is is counterproductive to you healing. It's counterproductive to you getting the help that you actually need, even like a, a general medical sense. Right. Like in the most you know dire and normal of circumstances, like I'm having this issue, I should go get a doctor or do research or seek help on it. It's like, no, just pray it away. It'll be fine. Or here's some like... (laughs) Here's some secret juice from some, you know, person that's been blessed uh, back on the island. Drink this. Don't tell anybody about it. and You're going to be fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, how do we do this under like under the covers as much as possible? You know,
0: how did you even know that I definitely? Okay, so I drank botella de embarazo, which is like this concoction from DR. It tasted like armpit. It was so nasty. If armpit were a juice, that's what I drank. Yeah. It had, like, floating <laughs> souls in it and, like, herbs from yeah. the DR. But, yo, not for nothing, te lo juro por mi madre, I got pregnant a month after drinking that shit, yo. My right. <laughs> <laughs> cousin's the same thing, by the way. It's, like, one of those things where you're, like, I don't know
3: what to believe because, like, this shit sounds crazy, but at the same time, the proof is there. So I, I guess we're going to roll with this old-world stuff. Yeah,
0: yo, I mean, we still use Vicks Vicks Vapor Rub for everything, like. Yeah. I got my agua florida like I still use all these things that like our ancestors, you know, and our elders have like taught us about right. But porque sirve. Yeah. <laughs> Eso sirve. Right. right. Yeah,
1: how did so you funny. know?
0: <laughs> but there's there's so much like like
3: shit like that that is is interesting to me like even I like I can remember my my uh my mom waking me up one day out of a dead sleep and being like come upstairs right now. And I was like, "Oh shit! Like I, she, I'm in trouble for something." And it was literally her yelling at me because she talked to some like Latin spiritual advisor who told her that I was involved with the wrong crowd. Oh or my like that, gosh! Right?
2: So I'm oh getting yelled
3: my- at because of what this dude is projecting, <laughs> and and like it's hilarious. But it's also like the irony that our parents were never taught how to just have a real conversation with their kids to check in about what's going on. Right? That's Instead, we go through all these these weird routes and, and like believe these weird things just to do the most normal thing which is just have a conversation with your kid if you're actually concerned with maybe who they're hanging out with or what they're doing these days
0: my mother totally gave me that like i had a bad dream about you okay and it was about your boyfriend Junito. do not lose your virginity to him okay it came to me in a dream i'm like like real? Like,
3: <laughs> of course, I have a cousin named Junita too. So this is hitting hitting incredibly close it. to home. That's hilarious. I
0: love all Junitos. <laughs> Shout out to all the juniors and Junitos in our culture.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it it's so it's like ridiculous. You can't do anything but laugh about it. But it's also like a lesson in okay. I kind of got to correct some of the fuckery because this is not a healthy way to live. I mean, especially with you as a as a parent now. I think like what are what are some of the things you know you have to unlearn from like that weren't taught to you or taught to you the wrong way about being a a mother to a, a child?
0: I love your questioning. I just have to give you some oh, flowers you. okay because <laughs> I do consider myself a cycle breaker. there are several cycles yeah. that I'm consciously like making efforts towards breaking and shout out to my folks. I really have the best parents. Mm-hmm. I love them so so much, but like dude. I recently lost a ton of weight. Okay. I hmm. was clocking in at two twenty five five years ago. And I'm down to gosh, should I say my weight? Women don't really do this. But
3: um <laughs>
0: I'm down to like a buck forty one, one forty two ish. Oh, good for you. Thank you. Wow.
3: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. I'm not even fishing for compliments. Okay, but thank you.
3: Okay. No, that needs to be celebrated. Federal. That needs to be celebrated. That's beautiful.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Um, but <laughs> like the cycle that I needed to break were the portion sizes of food, yes. and it was yeah. it was just my mom and my dad. Like it was tias and tios and primas, mm-hmm. abuela, great grandma. Like it was a sign of love to fill my plate with the yes. platano maduros, arroz con habichuela, mm-hmm. you know, pastelón de arroz. Like, oh, you want seconds? Come here, I love you. No, wait, what? Uh, so like I had to <laughs> consciously say like I'm gonna cut my portions in half and see how my body Mm -hmm. reacts and at first it was terrible at first my stomach was like you know like yeah (laughs) really growling like ferociously at me um but then it was like mental it was mind over matter like wait a minute stomach we're content or we should be content with like a fist you know size of protein and maybe some grains mm-hmm. and ensalada like eat the salad first you know what i'm saying and not the potato right. not the purple potato salad that i freaking love with all the mayonnaise but <laughs> like portion sizes so that's like one of yeah. the cycles for my children that's really important mm-hmm. for me to break you know because yeah i led a healthy lifestyle thank the lord but like i was overweight You know, my whole life. So I guess not so healthy in terms of body size and shape. So I'm really trying to look out for that for my kids. We have diabetes in the family, as a lot of Latinos Mm -hmm. do. So like I'm also monitoring the sugar levels and the sweets that they eat. It's like not necessary to have Nesquik with every meal. You know what I'm saying? Well, right. every time right. I would go to my Tia's house, like she would whip open the like, then what was it, like an aluminum or like a metal can with rust on the top? Right. Like, save me the rust, please. <laughs> Just the duck powder. Um, but she would flip that top and make me the strawberry milk or the chocolate milk because yeah. it came from a place of like her corazon. It, it came from a good place. Right. So that's something I'm really on the lookout for. Um, I guess with my kids also, like culture. Culture is really important Mm. for me and I want them to be proud of their Jew mini Rican status. You know what I'm saying? They got (laughs) Rican. They got Dominican. They got Russian Jew. They got a little bit of everything and I want them to really absorb and be proud of that, you know? And the two Mm. of them look very different. I have café con leche. Mm. One of them salió (laughs) with like my dad's green eyes and he looks just my father, like Eastern European descent. And the other one salió del Caribe like, completamente <laughs> carribeño. And I just want them to yeah. understand that even though they look different, that we are all from this beautiful mishmash of cultures. And I want yeah. them to be proud of that. Um, and I knew, like, growing up in a, a basically an all-white neighborhood, my parents were protecting me. It wasn't like we were yeah, shitting Latino, Latino. Like, if we were, uh, there could yeah. have some serious repercussions of that. Like, I'm saying, but now I think we're in a more comfortable time where we are the majority. I mean, especially Dominicans Mm -hmm. here in New York. And it's something that we need to tell our children to be proud of, not to keep Mm -hmm. inside and only celebrate during Noche Buena with the family. Right.
3: I'm going to hop in here real quick. We'll take a quick break. Then we'll have more with Rachel La Loca.
1: I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling one of the things that matters to me sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments and with state farm's support of the michael tura podcast network i get to do just that like a good neighbor state farm is there listen to new episodes of your favorite michael tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts
5: there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: All right, we are back here with Rachel La Loca. And it's interesting, like the things that are done to protect us at times also ill equip us from being true to ourselves. Right. Because we're hiding parts of ourselves essentially to make other people comfortable. And I and I agree. I get it. Like I, uh, you know, we moved from from the Bronx to the suburbs of Jersey when I was really young. So. You know, we didn't carry like, you know, uh, Three Kings Day. We didn't do all these different traditions that my father grew up. We just did the Christmas. We did the traditional sort of American things. Right. And and I get why, you know, we didn't go out of our way to do those things because my parents were scared of me getting ostracized by the kids around me in a white neighborhood. Right. Of standing right. out and being made fun of and all those different things. And that comes obviously from a place of love. But then on the flip side of it, it also teaches you to change who you are to make others comfortable if you want to fit in. Right. To not take up space to to, you know, do what everybody else is doing. Right. To be a part of the mold rather than breaking the mold, essentially. Right. And I think in general, school systems do that, you know, to to children in general. I have my own gripes with the with the school system. But Mm -hmm. but I think, you know, it's like things like this, you have to unlearn as an adult because you recognize I'm not showing up as my true self. I'm dumbing myself down. I'm dulling parts of myself. I'm not shining as brightly as I could. Um, and that is, I think, part of the a thing we struggle with as Latinos, with the idea of taking up space. Right. It's the idea oftentimes, especially people who have immigrated here. It's like, don't be seen, don't be heard. Just, you know, be happy to be here type of thing. Right. And now as the newer generations, it's it's holding us back from really being able to have seats at the table. And as you said, we are the majority. We are, you know, rising in having this spending power. Right. But we're not. We're, there's like this disconnect of us really living in our full potential. I feel like right now at this point, and we're we're at a, a interesting point in time in Latin culture in America specifically.
0: Yeah, true talk. And I also think there's this movement as well in media. Like, you know, if we don't see mm. us, if we don't see ourselves, like maybe we won't be as proud of ourselves as we could be. True. So I do like that yeah. movement, you know, with the Latino, Latina, x, y, z, however you identify, like the writers and directors. Yeah. We just had yeah. Chris Mercado on Latinos Out Loud mm. this week. So it's hot and fresh. And he's a director and he just directed an amazing feature film, if you were the last and it's on peak cock right now. Mm. And I'm not even trying to do his promo, but like he injected yeah. this, these Latinoisms into the film. It's not a Latino mm. film. Like there's no latin yeah. there's one latina actress and it, she's badass cuz she plays a governor i'm like yeah baby yeah. um and that had that had a lot to do with him too he's casting you know he's helping yeah. with the casting and he injected salsa into one of the dance scenes mm. and i'm like that's what i'm talking about we're on this road yeah. we're we're making yeah. strides and shows like yours latinos out loud mm-hmm. people like chris mercado we just need to go double mm-hmm. time you know as we're doing mm-hmm. to really make this impact to have it have that like domino effect it's our time puppy it's our time
3: yeah well i agree And, and and really it's because we've been brainwashed in the past of white stories are universal everybody else is just niche right so that's sort of been the spectrum when it comes to entertainment where you know, uh, a story that I can't relate to whatsoever about white people in Indiana is still going to get the, you know, force fed down our throats in the movie theaters and on TV and all these things because it's like, oh, this is universal for everybody. But because they might have a New York, you know, a Spanish mom accent from New York or whatever it is, like all of a sudden now, nope, that just feeds a certain niche. The general America is not going to be able to relate to it. And that's sort of, I think, been the been the issue. But I, yeah, let's start start diving into entertainment because I know you speak about this a lot and and talking about diversity and the importance of it and and we've kind of touched on it with people being able to be you know feel like they could see themselves on the screen which then you know brings that confidence that we're all hoping for. But let's let's kind of dive into that a little bit about why this has sort of been such a major thing for you and and why it's sort of bigger than just like superficial surface level entertainment.
0: Yeah, true talk. I I operate where there's voids. It's like Uh, it's a blessing and a curse. Cause like rather than riding a wave of like something, you know, is successful. No, this guy likes to be like, Oh, there's a challenge. So I'm going to do what I can to move the needle. (laughs) It's like, I, you know, freedom fighter here, but uh, like, it is important for me because I see that I have this, I guess call it power or just these platforms mm-hmm. like Latinos out loud, like the hilarious mm-hmm. show, which is my all female variety show. We perform in off-Broadway mm-hmm. theaters. We just did the people's improv theater sketch fest. Like we're majority minority, I guess we're majority Latina okay. POC, but we're everybody, you know, everyone who, anyone yeah. who identifies as a female can be part of hilarious, but, I'm using my platforms because they were given to me. They've grown. I've been putting in the work. And even in like my writing, I feel like every day when I go to work, whether it's from home or my co working space downtown, or it's at a meeting or it's at a conference or whatever it is, I need to do whatever I can in my capacity to move said needle. It's really important to me. I sleep well at night because like you said, I'm not just going after the like, oh, I'm going to skim off the top and I'm going to operate in this superficial vacuum or like, you know, it's no, I don't get satisfaction from that. I get satisfaction Mm -hmm. from being fulfilled. And what I do to be fulfilled is do things for my community. I volunteer. Mm -hmm. I don't really shout that from the mountaintops because I volunteer for like, you know, from my heart to do it for my community, but I've worked with organizations like the American college of obstetricians and gynecologists. I've worked for the violence intervention program, VIP, which is a domestic violence awareness program based in Spanish Harlem. Um, And I really find that if I can move that needle, even like 0.5 of a degree, you know, even like two points or whatever the measurement classification is, I, I did it like I know I'm doing it for my people who are still the underdogs like we still need leaders in this space from the big Mm -hmm. leaders to like the micro influencers or whatever you want to call me like if we're not out there leading the charge and talking about those topics and also just using our platforms for the greater good then what the Mm -hmm. hell are we doing it for What, what kind of fulfillment would you get if you operated in another, you know, capacity? So it's important for me because I want us to really see ourselves. We're not there yet. I always ask this question when we have like directors and producers and writers come on Latinos out loud. I'm like, are we there yet? And the answer is always no. Like we're not. Like, we over-index in the movie theaters, yet there's still such a small percentage of us on screen and behind the camera. Mm. That disconnect that you mentioned, like, it's still not mended. We still have a ton of work to do. So, like, I'm doing what I can, bro. I know you are, too. And I do it because I want us to win. I feel like I can win when we as a collective win. And I also am working towards changing that mentality of like, you know, the crabs in a barrel that we were also taught to like operate under, you know, like, no, 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 let's go. You got to get to the finish line. Who cares? No, you don't got to bring other Latinos with you. Oh, false. Mm -hmm. False. Right. We need to bring each other with us because there's so much room at the Mm -hmm. top for all of us. You spoke about these like niches that we're carving out. Yo, in the grand scheme of things, Latinos Out Loud, Hilarious, Rachel La Loca. I've carved out these like niches for myself with these brands that I'm operating under. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's for every Juan. You don't got to be Latino to listen to Latinos Out Loud. Like. We talked to Lin-Manuel Miranda. We talked to the Kid Mero. Like, those guys are, like, Mm -hmm. general market and Latino market. So come to us for that. Don't come to us just because, oh, I'm Latino and I got to check this out. No, papi. No, mommy. Come to us because, you you know, maybe you want to learn more about our culture or, like, these prolific artists, these icons of the future Mm -hmm. that are, you know, shifting and shaping it. So... Again, I, I I hope I'm I'm giving these long-winded answers. Uh
3: no, you're good.
0: <laughs> okay, you're good. But that's how I feel. Like I feel like we have to keep working towards this, like just sheer representation, before I can really mm. say, "Oh yeah, I'm operating with all the heavy the heavy hitters, and we're doing this." Like we have work to do. I have work to do. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and. I think, and everybody has a part to play, be it if you're just a, you know, if you're a consumer, which is an important role, you are buying the movie ticket to support the, the Latin filmmaker or the actor, whatever it might be, or you're streaming the album, buying the concert tickets, whatever it might be. We all have a role to play. And to your point, it all matters, right? It's not about thinking that you have to be making these gigantic leaps forward on behalf of everybody. All these little sort of, you know, pieces that we're carving away little by little will eventually add up to something. You know what I mean? Even in like, Something like music, you had somebody like Daddy Yankee who, like, was almost there breaking through the mainstream, but it didn't break through completely. But that opened the door for somebody like Bad Bunny to become the Word. biggest artist in the world Word. of any genre of music. You know what I'm saying? So, like, everybody has a little role to play. We can all make that that dent in it. And I think, you know, a lot of the the issue is is still with who's at the top, who's in the power positions, right? Because, you know, we obviously... We'll see representation in front of the camera or we'll see some directors. But who's cutting the checks at the end of the day? Right. Those are the people that we need to be able to start getting into their positions of power. Right. Because even in, you know, I come from the world of radio and, you know, there are are people obviously in front of the camera or who host the radio shows, uh, people of color. But you still have to fight and convince the higher ups as to why certain things are important because they just don't get it. Right. And and that's sort of the problem that happens is that there has to be this fight just to sort of have some of the most simple things um, that would seem normal to anybody else. But because they're not of the culture, they're disconnected, they're of a different generation they have a problem seeing it. And that's still part of the work that we have to do is striving to get into those positions as well.
0: Totally. I peeped your last episode and speaking of music, I really loved your topic on Mm. bad bunny and like the concert ticket price and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like again, he probably also has to like fight for certain things. I remember there was a JLo, there was a JLo documentary that I saw at, um, Tribeca Film Festival. I think it was 2 years ago. Mm. And she was talking about the fighting that she had to do when her and Shakira was performing, were performing halftime. Right. Fighting for seconds and minutes, fighting for like yeah. her latinidad to showcase through her performance. Like even JLo mm-hmm. still fighting the fight, y'all. That right. shit is mind-blowing to me.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. That's why yeah, I think we we have to also understand that when it comes to artists, and it's easy to get mad at them because they're the ones facing forward essentially, right? But we have to recognize just how much work there is to be done. Because the the thing is they have no problem putting somebody like J Lo on the Super Bowl halftime show, but they want her to do it exactly as they want to do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like so she's she's there almost as a pawn and she has to fight to actually not be a pawn and have some sort of creative control in it, but she's while she's Jennifer Lopez and we all look at her the Super Bowl is saying yeah but we're the Super Bowl you know what i'm saying and that still supersedes them that still has the tradition of of white america for generations upon generations that she's fighting up against right and i think that's what people sort of have to realize and and while it's amazing to be the artist it's also uh, i think even more important if you want to be the entrepreneur and you want to be the person behind the scenes signing the checks as well those are things we have to start i think um you know, showing examples of and trying to empower the younger generation to want to strive for as well.
0: Yeah. Dramos. This kind of reminds me too. So I had a corporate career in magazine publishing. Mm. Remember those things, magazines, mm. you used to like turn the pages, <laughs> kids, go yeah. Google it. Uh, <laughs> so I worked at brands like Latina magazine, people in Espanol magazine. And I remember as yeah. a marketer, like the biggest, like, work the hardest job i should say was convincing the executives at the brands at the fortune 500 companies to even entertain advertising in our magazine because they were always like oh no no we're reaching you latinos in the people magazine and it's like hold on a second (laughs) um that you may be right that you're reaching some of us but like if sure we are so brand loyal if you're not really speaking to us we will not stick with you we will not stay with you right. through the brand funnel towards that purchase that mm-hmm. you want us to do so it's really important right. to be in culture not necessarily in language but that was like the fight that we were fighting the majority of the time the showcasing that right. um yes latinos over index um hey colgate latinos own five toothbrushes on average because the household is big because it goes beyond the nuclear right. family so you should advertise your right. new electronic toothbrush or like your colgate total toothpaste yeah. i sound like Sabalo. he got there right now but that was the freaking that was the argument in these boardrooms yeah. it wasn't even so much about right. like the page rate it was about are you even talking to latinos i don't think so yes
3: Right. Right. and But and, but the irony here is these are people that are all about their money and they're literally leaving money on the table. So it's like they're so ignorant to how diverse we are, how to speak to us and all of these different things that they're literally leaving money on the table. And that's sort of the like crux. And I think a perfect sort of example of in general in this country is there's a lack of understanding it's probably a lack of wanting to understand. But but that's where these conversations are are so important because these people are just so clueless even at the top of running these Fortune 500 companies like you talk about you know yeah. um, and that's why like these conversations are incredibly important to have because. If we don't, they're literally just going to keep zombies, like as zombies doing the same shit, rinse and repeat over and over again. And we won't be hurt.
0: Totally. I want to shout out Giselle uh, from I Heart Mi Cultura. Yes. Who, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Giselle Bances, she's also mm-hmm. a fighter for us. You know, I right. remember having countless conversations with her, like just her fighting at the top like for funding and for programming and all this stuff so she's doing a really stellar job just want to shout out i Hurt media for all they're doing for the representation of latinos in the podcast space
3: of course yeah no she she's amazing the whole the whole team over there all right, i'm going to hop in here one more time we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back
1: i often get asked why i'm such a big fan of wrestling and it's all thanks to my grandma growing up we would watch matches together Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts.
5: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: All right, we are back. And now the rest of my conversation with Rachel La Loca. Right now, we're we're obviously, we're all kind of in the midst of our own personal fights as far as just getting things heard and, and doing what we want to do. And I, I think the beauty of it in, in sort of bringing it full circle to what we talk about our causes and why we do this is that hopefully the next generation or the one after doesn't have to fight this hard just to be heard at the end of the day, right? I yeah. think that's sort of the larger work that we're talking about.
0: I It makes me a little emotional because like, yeah. I do a lot. I mean, m- my life, my kid, my children are my life, you know, like I, yeah. I definitely prioritize myself when I have to, but like everything I do, I do for them. And mm-hmm. when they are proud of mommy, like the other day, I'll share an- a story that like gets me emotional, yeah. but I'll Please. try to contain it. <laughs> so we just, Please. we just won the signal award, the bronze signal award for best comedy And
3: I did say that. congratulations.
0: Thank you. Again, not fishing for compliments. It's the preface (laughs) to the story. Okay.
3: (laughs) you guys, you deserve it. Go ahead. (laughs) Thank you,
0: puppy. So I go to get the bronze trophy and I had to get babysitting for them because the cocktail party was last Monday night a week ago. So they heard me talking about it. And like one of my son's friend's mother does makeup for TV. And so she's like, let me do your makeup. So I'm like, yeah. So River's mommy's doing my makeup. So they knew all the details leading up to. The next day, my little guy, my five-year-old comes home with arts and crafts with a, a picture he drew and it's three stick yeah. figures. And I'm like, thanks for making mommy look so thin, first of all, um, three <laughs> stick figures. And I'm like, Benjamin, who who is this? Or tell me about this picture. And he's like, well, mommy, it's me, Donovan, my eight-year-old and you. I'm like, what's, what does yeah. what mommy have in her hands? And my son was like, that's mm. that's your trophy that you won for your oh. podcast, right? I was like, Wow. Because, you know, uh, Ay, me emociona. Oh. it just shows me that he's he understands, or maybe he doesn't understand, but he sees what mommy's doing. He sees how hard I work, you know, and this trophy, it doesn't tell me how nice I am, but like it's it's a celebration, right? It's recognition. Yes. And I just love that he sees what I'm doing, and maybe in a few years, he'll really understand that what I'm doing is for him. For him to have right. a better life, for him to be super proud of being this mixed bred Latino, you know, and for him to not have to, like, hide that in any way. And my little guy, mm. especially for him to be as funny as he wants because he is the comedian of the two. I got one that's like in the books, reading encyclopedias and the other one that's reading (laughs) knock-knock jokes. Um, (laughs) But I embrace both of them for what they are and who they are. But that just, I wanted to share that story because it goes to what you were saying. Like, I am Mm. doing this for their betterment, for them to lead a little less stressful of a life as it pertains to their their pride and, and not being so shy about it.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I think it also though them seeing you win at doing something that you love and speaking your truth, them seeing that shows them that they don't have to hide who they are in the future as well, right? I think one day being able to look back on that and saying, Wow, well, I saw my mom get the recognition and 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 win in general," right? Because that that for me, growing up, you know, as a creative, my parents weren't in this industry whatsoever, and they never knew anybody that made a career, a doing something they love doing, but b In in the world of entertainment, so like they were full with you know a lot of doubt. Their own self doubt trickled down into me of, of thinking that this was an impossible thing, and I was throwing my life away, and I was you know doing whatever whatever it is right. And now they've they've totally changed their perspective, obviously seeing it done. But I know for me, my journey would have been that much easier if I would have had you know sort of proof of of somebody I knew making it, doing something, being successful, or or somebody being able to have that belief. Um, In themselves that then they can impose on their child of knowing that the the impossible is in fact possible if you work hard enough. Right. So I think it speaks to that. And that's huge right there.
0: That's a really good point. You know, my mother, when she came here, she worked at a factory, you know, surprise, surprise. It's not like she grew up saying, I I love making shower curtains. I really want a career in the future, sewing. I mean, she does love to sew. And, you know, we come from a family of like seamstresses, but, you know, it's true. And I took a strong pivot. You know, I went to school for Mm -hmm. marketing and business. I minored in Latino studies. I had this corporate career of 16 years in the marketing space, which my parents were like, Mm. "Okay, she's tranquila. She may get laid off right. here and there from the media companies, but at least she's got this, you know, tranquilidad about her career. We're not stressed. And right. then enter Rachel, yeah. like, you know, 16 years into a career. Hey guys, I'm going from corporate to comedy. How do you feel about that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I imagine. I, I definitely raised their heart rates and like, you know, sure. stress levels <laughs> for sure. Cause they yeah. were like, G-G-? Comedy? Right. But uh okay. <laughs> because yeah, it's not like there's a golden paved road, like that I could just mm-hmm. follow the the yellow brick road to success in comedy. Hell yeah. hell to the no, as you know, of course, it takes yeah. work, 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 mm-hmm. work, like Rihanna, you know, like. I'm still outside yeah. also making strong pivots like trying to figure out mm-hmm. what can I do to make these businesses that I'm operating sustainable. I sure lose sleep on the daily on how to like scale my businesses because I know there's the potential mm-hmm. for it. I see the demand but we go on back to like micro macroeconomics undergrad. It's like what is mm-hmm. this supply and demand here? that I can really capitalize on to scale this business enough to make it sustainable, that like my children can reap benefits for years to come. Yeah. That's where I'm at right now. It's hard. It's hard out here. No,
3: it's incredibly difficult. But at the same time, the fact that you are even in a mindset to think that it's possible is gigantic, right? Because there are so many people listening to this and, and obviously out there in the world that haven't even gotten started yet because they don't believe completely that it's possible, whatever the idea they have written in their notebook. Right. And and to me, that's the the saddest thing, because you've taken yourself out of the game before you've even given yourself the opportunity to to succeed. You know what I mean? I think like half of, of this battle of, of succeeding or, or finding your place is just having the confidence to go out there and try it. Right. But there's yeah. so many people because of their upbringing, because of their parents sort of ingraining in their mind, safe route, safe route, safe route that they are are too scared. And, and I get it. Uh, you know, we've all been there before, but they are, are too scared to even get started. And that mental block keeps them in this perpetual place of like, you know, having a, a a lack of fulfillment. Right. And that that makes me incredibly sad when I think about that. You know, when I think about there are people out there who are just sort of going through emotions of life and are not feeling regular joy um, because they don't get to live in the things that bring them happiness because they're they're held back by these beliefs that have been passed down to them by generation and generation. And it's, you know, worse when it comes to immigrants and things like that because of all the trauma that, we're, that you know, our parents and, and previous ancestors have carried around that they just want safety more than anything else.
0: Yeah. I mean, Tramos, I, we all know the term burnout. Like, I was feeling mm-hmm. it at the office, you know, like back in the day. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is what they're talking about. But that also stems from like you just said, maybe doing things or like your profession is not what's giving you the most fulfillment, you know, or you're mm-hmm. really here mm-hmm. just to like work for the man and get the paycheck yeah. and your 401k right. and security. But wh- where does that take you in the long run? You know, right. And I started to feel that office burnout. Like shout out to my co-workers, because the only thing that I was say like gave me some solace in the office was i was the office comedian like mofos would (laughs) like yo here's the deal for some reason my office was always at the printer right so like at (laughs) latina at people in espanol like people would like let their presentations print out and then show up in my office and take a number like they at the deli counter and be like okay rachel (laughs) make me laugh go I'm like, yo, (laughs) suck. First of all, I also have a deck to pump out right now. I'm working on a PowerPoint, but okay, fine. You got me. Here's a joke I'm working on. And it was (laughs) that gave me, like, you know, there was an injection of glitter in that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was hard out there. Like, I felt the burnout. Vacations help, time off help, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was dragging my feet showing up to the office you know, just feeling that lack of motivation in the morning. I can honestly say now, I mean, you're looking at my office, you know, this is I do have a a co-working space downtown. Shout out to Luminary, which is an all female owned co-working space that I'm an American Mm -hmm. Express fellow and got a membership to. Um, It's just so it's so empowering. Oh, my God. It's so inspiring. Like I'm talking like decals on the mirror like you're a bad bitch like it's the best place to work from. (laughs) but when I can't get out of, it's so amazing you must we must meet up and I'll show you the space Um, but like please yeah I'm here and I can't tell you like I wake up wanting to come to this little corner of my one bedroom apartment I want to get on this mic I want to get on this laptop I want to talk to you people like you Mm -hmm. I want to build like It's different. Right. It's just a different sense of like fulfillment. Did I take a pay cut? I sure did. I sure did. But what I lack in that pay or what I sacrifice in that pay cut, I gained in happiness and Mm -hmm. just my spirits are so much higher these days.
3: Right. 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 Well, I think and that's you recognize like this is what it actually is meant to feel like like to be living right each day it shouldn't feel like i'm you know like you said you're dragging your feet to get to the office you're you're fantasizing about when you get to get off work essentially right you know and and not to say there aren't days where you're just kind of out of it and you don't necessarily want to do anything even if it's something you love i i always say the greatest gift is the fact that more often than not i am excited to get my day started you know and that is a like mind blowing change of lifestyle you know coming from the norm is watching my dad bitch and moan you know get to get outside the door probably cursing up a storm while sitting an hour in traffic on the way home uh, you know on the How way there you know? on the way back yeah. uh, right exactly like I, I like i watched that happen i experienced it for a little while for my for myself and like now knowing this life it's the greatest gift ever and that's why i preach it to everybody to at least try something right to give yourself the opportunity because that that's really living is is being excited for the day rather than waking up and just instantly being in a bad mood because you have to go sit somewhere that you have no interest in being at you know yeah. um, that's not living that that's the one thing i want to push to anybody's like that's that's just that's not the way it's supposed to be we're not designed in that way and, and that's why so many people are unhappy in this life in general
0: Yeah, Papa. I remember seeing my dad come home from school. He taught in a very hood school, you know, in Mm -hmm. Greenpoint before it was the Greenpoint of today. Right, right, right. And he would come home with like, you know, after breaking up fights, he'd bring home like box cutters. And this is before metal detectors. (sighs) And he was a yeah. great, a dedicated teacher. I would often like miss school and go to school with him. Um, I had schoolitis. Yeah. My doctor would always tell my mom. I don't know. I just <laughs> have this phobia of school. So he'd be like, well, you're going to learn anyway. So you're coming to school with me. So I'd go to school with him. <laughs> and he was thoroughly respected by these kids. You know, what I'm saying, you know, uh, Mr. Yeah. Strauss, you're Mr. Strauss. But like he would come home and pop to Excedrin. Take an ice bag because he would come home with a headache from Mm. dealing with these kids all day. I'm like, yo, that don't look fulfilling to me, bruh. But and he wanted me to be a teacher. He's like, why don't you become a teacher Mm. for the New York City, you know, then Board of Ed? I'm like, "Eh, I don't know, being in charge of like 30 lives for like all day. (laughs) Um, But actually to pleasantly like report. I'm I'm sure he's pleased to hear. I did take another teaching gig. I was teaching um, at Brooklyn Mm. College part time. Back in the day, I was teaching marketing, but I just took on a gig. I'm starting in the spring of 2024 and I'll be teaching advanced radio and podcasting at CUNY Brooklyn College for undergrad. Wow. But only one That's section huge. at a Congrats. time. Thank you, but almost thank you, Papa. Like yeah. only one section. So I'm not like a full on professor. You know what I'm saying? But sure, sure. I'm happy to take this craft that you and I love so much and like instill mm-hmm. real life experience. Yeah. And not so much the textbook stuff into these students, right. you know, heads. I'm really excited to work yeah. with them. We're working hands on in a podcast and radio lab. So it's not like, you know, it'll be classroom hours and lab hours, but I'm going to be bringing guest speakers. Um, uh, stay tuned because I'll be asking you to be one of them. Okay.
3: <laughs> Let me know I'm down. I'm down.
0: Yes. I you heard it first. I just got the verbal commitment. <laughs> well, because yeah. your, your radio experience, everything that you do is so relevant for this class. So I would mm. love to have you come in and speak to the kids. Um, of course. I'm yeah. There. That's amazing. But it does give me that like, you know, that sense of pleasing my father, which is important to me too. Like, you know, as I don't think this is just a Latino, Latina, X, Y, Z thing. But I think like, I, I really do find satisfaction in making my parents proud. Um, Sure. And they see me shifting and like moving the needle. And, you know, what I'm saying I think that that's it's a bounce back thing. Right. Like I see them proud and I'm like, I get proud. I'm like, OK, I'm going to continue right. on. This is this feels good. Right.
3: But you're doing it your way, which is the important part. Right. You're finding a way to have that balance of you making yourself happy while also making them proud rather than it just feeding them being proud and you're miserable in the process. Right. I think that's where a lot of people. Uh, tend to find themselves in where they're going the route that their parents wanted while ignoring completely what makes them happy and they don't realize they can kind of have both. Um, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but you you can find that, that balance somewhere between. So that, that's beautiful that you you have that now. And those uh, those kids are very lucky. I love that that class is, is, A, exists, but also can be taught by somebody like you. I think is a beautiful thing.
0: Thank you, Papa. I'm mad excited. I of mean, course. like, again, this experience that I've garnered over the last seven years of podcasting, I never knew it was going to lead me to some of the magical places that it's led me to. Mm-hmm. We, and I'm sure you can agree with this, we're on this, like, hamster wheel, you know, like,
4: yeah, pumping yeah. out
0: the shows, interviewing the yeah. guests, booking the guests, you know, and it's like these moments where I get to like sort of jump off for a minute and look and be like, oh, Yes, I'll do this voiceover acting gig. Oh, you heard my voice on Latinos out loud. Oh, yes, I guess I have refined this tool with my larynx and pharynx. Yeah, like (laughs) I guess I guess my breathing on the mic has improved over the last seven years. Right. Giving space for like a co-host or a guest to speak and like not being Mm. afraid of silence, like all these things and like the teaching Mm. in the podcasting space. I never thought. I never thought like I'm a marketing girl. Like I have my sure. training in marketing and I brought that to the classroom. But now to bring this experience that I am so passionate about that, like I live and breathe every day. We, you know, Sirius XM puts out a report on consumer behavior and podcasting yes, I'm reading the thing from start to finish. And now I get to repurpose that. Like I get to share that knowledge with students who have the same likeness and desires and, you know, are so intrigued by this ever changing wild, wild west of a space called podcasting. It's so Mm -hmm. cool. And we're on this as it's evolving. We're like riding the waves and learning at the same time, like as the executives are, we're all learning. It's Mm -hmm. like, there are, yeah. I guess, these, you know, experts in the space, if you will. But mm-hmm. it's not like there have been, like I said, all these textbooks written and all these documentaries on podcasts. They simply haven't been. It's such an yeah. it's a it's a growing field that is so exciting to be a part of. Right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 still relatively new for the average person. And it's also because of the amount of freedom it's ever evolving and it's always going to be something different depending on who's at the helm, right? There's always going to be people who are figuring out different ways to market it, you know, connect with audiences uh, to monetize it, whatever it might be. There are so many different things happening. That's the beauty of this, you know, platform and, and more so this medium I should say um, is the flexibility it gives you to kind of do whatever the hell you, you want. And that's, what's exciting about it is that there's going to be somebody who revolutionizes it completely. That is, you know, just now, like setting up a microphone, or in five years, going to be setting up a microphone and doing that. And that's what's uh, amazing. I think it speaks in general, also, to the larger conversation we're talking about: is inspiring other people, trying to be that spark for others to to chase after what they want and to inspire them to to take up space and be that voice and, and be authentic, which is is beautiful. So I think you're you're right in line with that. So I I love uh, I love this for you. So good getting to connect with you as well. Um, I feel like we could talk for another four hours, but uh, uh, I think we that's a, a good yeah. place. We'll, yeah, <laughs> we can. We'll, we'll put a we'll put a pin in it. We'll we'll save that for another day, but. Where can people check out all that you're, you're working on? Please push them to, to all the great stuff that you're, you're currently doing.
0: Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yes, please follow us at We Are Latinos Out Loud across the socials. We have a website, wearelatinosoutloud.com. You could also give us a call, no big whoop, 978 Latinos. Give me a call. And then follow me on my personal stuff at Rachel La Loca, R A C H E L, La Loca, across all the socials. I won't give out my personal Personal phone number, but if you call 978 Latinos, you will be connected to me. Um, I'm really appreciative of this space. Thank you, Dramos. Thank you for doing life as a gringo. I certainly feel like a gringa from time to time. Um <laughs> and I love your show. It's so great.
3: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you you hopping on here. We'll have to have you back again soon, hopefully.
0: I hope so. And then you have to come on Latinos out loud. Pad a love, baby. Okay,
3: let's do it. You let me know. I'm there.
0: Yo, I also got a shout out real quick that I do have a live podcast at CUNY Brooklyn College on December 5th. Oh, yeah. I I just I should announce it because the event right went live this morning. Um. Rachel's really going back to school. Like, not only am I going (laughs) back to teach, but yeah, they're also welcoming me and celebrating this new expanded TV and radio lab uh, in the basement Mm. of Whitehead Hall at CUNY Brooklyn College. So we're inviting guests on December 5th. Again, if you go to WeAreLatinosOutloud.com, you'll see it listed on the events page. And I, you know, it's first come first serve. There's not a lot of seats. I think we're looking for just 70 seats to be filled. So go to Eventbrite, search for Latinos Out Loud Live at Brooklyn College, or simply go to the website or my social and you'll see it promoted there. But it should be fun. We're doing two tapings. One taping is Hmm. exclusive for the students for extra credit for their Hmm. TV radio classes. And the second is for outside guests. And I have to say that I'm so proud that both tapings are being fully produced by the students of the TV and radio department
3: amazing yeah that's such a great experience i love that yeah definitely if you're in new york area go check that out uh man you got a lot going on so make sure we follow rachel la loca on uh, on socials i appreciate you thank you so much
0: thank you dramos
3: thank you so much <laughs> man big shout out to my guest this week rachel la loca for hopping on the show love that conversation i'm energized by it. her spirit is incredible so always amazing to get to connect with people like that we've been following each other on on socials for a minute and this is the first time we got to connect so um, really happy for, for her and all that she's doing, all that she's accomplished. I think just incredible, you know, to have these voices that are diverse within our culture, within our community, and are, are doing the work and are purpose-driven and all of the above. So really happy to have her on the show. Now, with that said, I want to get y'all's take on this conversation of otherness. Uh, I know we're running a little bit long, so I won't make it too crazy of an Ask Going to Go segment. But, you know, we have the season finale coming up next Tuesday. So I want to try to you know, make sure we're ending on a high note with some of our core things um, being a part of the show, like Ask a Gringa. So we are going to get into that. But first, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be right back.
4: As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. Stair Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tudor Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, Stair Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tudor shows wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win.
5: Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: A gringo. Uh, All right, so I know we haven't done Ask a Gringo properly in a minute, so I wanted to make sure I got one in here. We don't have a ton of time, so I'm going to read a, a couple messages or a couple of responses, I should say, to the question that I asked, right? And I, I simply asked on my Instagram, at DJ Dramos, where do you feel like an outsider? And I got a bunch of responses. I'm just going to read a couple here. Uh, the first one, I'm going to keep anonymous here. Uh, just because I don't want nobody getting fired. But this person said, my job. And that's tough, right? And there's actually, there's a twofold way to look at this, right? And without knowing what this person does for a living, I I think, A, if you feel like an outsider to the point where you don't like the people you work with, you're uncomfortable with them, the environment brings out the worst in you, uh, and you're not passionate necessarily about the work that you do or the company you work for, then I get it. You know, I'm Mr quit your job and, and chase happiness right but on the flip side of it a, a different conversation i'd like to explore is you being an outsider which of course is going to be uncomfortable for any of us none of us want to feel like we are the the step you know the red-headed stepchild if you will you being an outsider though also means that you could possibly be a vehicle for much needed change right and and you know, there's like a lot of different industries that we can kind of talk about, or even job titles. Um, even something like a teacher, right? Like I talk about this all the time. And I'm just kind of going off on of my own little rant now. But I think the school system as we know it is broken. It's not producing the best results, right? It's not set up to produce the best results. And I think somebody who thinks outside the box, who has maybe emotional maturity or is not beyond just like emotional maturity, but is 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 thinking about teaching kids in a real practical way and seeing their individuality or, um, you know, teaching practical skills like emotional intelligence. That's what I was trying to get at. Like, and this is just an example, like to me, of things that should be standard in school but aren't like a teacher who was in that sort of place, in that sort of state of mind would be very beneficial. Again, they'd be an outsider because they're kind of going against years of tradition, if you will. But they might have the greatest impact on children. It's like um, there's that movie, I think it's with John Leguizamo, where the, the he's in the hood and he's teaching these kids how to play chess. Right. And like, obviously, that is completely outside of the norm of what priorities would be in a high school situation, like a chess teacher. But, you know, it's it's the discipline that it teaches these kids. It's the way they use their mind. They enter these competitions. They do all these different things. Right. And. He's breaking up the monotony of everyday normal school life with something that is untraditional and, and opening these kids' eyes to something completely different. I think that's where the teacher example is coming to my mind. I was just watching that movie the other day. don't remember what it's called, though. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, like anything, you can view it in one of two ways, right? There is the negative view of, like, I hate this, I hate this situation. Maybe that's true. Or you can also see the opportunity in it, right? I feel like an outsider. I feel like something is missing. I don't feel like I can be myself here. That also then becomes an opportunity to create what you've been hoping for. Right. And that's also a a perfect example that I'm overlooking blindly is this podcast. Remember, I was in radio before this, you know, at at, you know, some of the biggest shows and a part of the biggest brands that radio has to offer. But I didn't see myself In any of it completely, you know, I didn't feel like I had a real voice in it, and I felt like an outsider oftentimes, and that then allowed me to view it as a opportunity, or I began to view it as an opportunity. That's what led to this podcast, right? The fact that I was an outsider, recognizing that I did have something valuable to bring to the table, allowed me to create something that wasn't there before, and and really carve my name out um, in 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 a way that I would have never been able to had I have just gone the comfortable route. So just food for thought on that little rambling that I'm I'm giving you right now. Again, I don't know this person's situation, you know, so I can't give you any real, um, real world advice. But I'm just I always am a big fan of how can we see this from every angle possible in order to make the best decision possible. So I guess that's my angle with this. And I'll read one more here. At cross underscore soul says, in my culture, I'm working on feeling like I don't belong with the rest of my people. I'm getting there. And and I get it. Obviously, again, that's the basis of this podcast is feeling like an outsider within your own culture. And and I'll be real with y'all, like I still feel that way sometimes. There might be times where I walk into a room and, you know, I'm surrounded by, you know, fellow Latinos and the way they carry themselves is a bit differently than me, or maybe they're speaking Spanish back and forth to each other. And and um, not that they're like, keeping me out of the conversation or whatever it is, but there is on my own end, I'm a little bit self conscious of the fact that I can't communicate as quickly as them or in the same manner as comfortably, right? And there are times where I might feel lesser than or my my instinct is to feel lesser than, you know, so I think those moments are still going to arise. I think it's just Owning your authenticity and pushing past that uncomfortableness in knowing that you have a place here, right? I was on a podcast recently and they were asking me about like what authenticity is. And I just gave a really like sort of simple real world example. Like I like clothing, I like fashion, things like that. And I like to get creative with it, right? And sometimes being creative with it is a bit outside of the norm of what people in the middle of New Jersey where I live are wearing, right? Um, Particularly where I, I have my studios in a small town. So if I run into a CVS around here or the local pizza shop or something like that, like I immediately stand out at times I feel uncomfortable or even, you know, um, certain bar scenes and things like that where it's, uh, um, you know, there aren't a lot of people who look like me or, or whatever it is like there's a standard of way of, of that people dress and I am not a part of that. So I'm immediately going to stand out in the past. I've sort of dressed for the place that I'm going or the crowd that I'm going to be around. And I've made it a point as of late to say, nah, I'm not changing anything I do for anyone else, you know, to, to make them feel comfortable. I'm going to stand in my own authenticity. And, you know, be it if I look, you know, I'm getting weird looks all night um, and, 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 you know, it's uncomfortable, cool. But at least I know I'm, I'm doing me. I'm doing what makes me happy. I'm dressing the way I want to. And again, it's a silly example, but I think there's a real world example of like, you have to just own a bit of that discomfort and know that, that, it's part of of this whole process, and I, I think what I've noticed is the more I, I challenge myself to do that, the less and less I feel uncomfortable. The the less and less that the looks bother me, right? Or, or or um the less and less I'm even aware of the fact that I'm the one person you know uh, who's a weirdo there, quote unquote. You know, so I think you just got to continue to own it and be confident in who you are and recognize that you have something to contribute, and at the same time, you belong there just as much as anybody else. Doesn't matter if you might. Feel different, or grew up differently, or, or don't have the same knowledge or skill set, or speak the same language, whatever it might be. Like we all have a place there. There's nobody that can take that away from us, right? It's, it's ingrained in us. It's in our blood. It's born. We're born into this community, right? As, as a result of our ancestors, and nobody could take that away. So that's my food for thought there. Thank y'all so much for participating in our Ask a Gringo segment at DJ Dropos on Instagram. And with that said, let's quickly tie everything we talked about today into a neat little bow in a segment called Conclusion still
0: Mm.
3: all right so i'm gonna keep it real real short because that was a longer conversation and and episode in general but i think at the end of the day man we're all chasing happiness that's what we should be chasing fulfillment and happiness and personal fulfillment and happiness not you know stuff that is is predicated on outside validation and within that you have to be okay to own your otherness you got to be okay in walking in your authenticity and being misunderstood by people time after time and i think also you have to be living with real purpose right conscious living that the decisions you make are for the greater good of, of yourself and your community your culture and the world at hand right i think those are sort of the the keys to really finding genuine happiness and fulfillment in this life and and you know the type of happiness and fulfillment that is not fleeting, right? That is consistently there, that is sustainable. Um, the the type that feeds your soul. And I think that's what we're talking about with this conversation with Rachel la Loca. So big shout out to her for hopping on here. And, you know, even her talking about quitting her her corporate job and taking a pay cut, but she's far happier because she's doing work that means something to her and that is contributing to the greater good. Like, you know, I think anybody who's having financial problems, I'm sure it's hard to relate to the idea of of um choosing your happiness over a paycheck, right? and not to say that you should be choosing you know your your hobby or your your passion over being able to provide for yourself and your family, but there can be a balance where you can make a living where you can have your needs met um, and still be happy, right? and I think that's what we're talking about with those those conversations where. Um, The idea is not necessarily making as much money as humanly possible by any means necessary. That doesn't provide real happiness, but it is finding a way to make money doing something you love. And even if it doesn't make you rich, as long as you're comfortable, that's going to be far more important than being a billionaire who hates what they do. And that's a general conversation. And again, being able to be authentic and take up space as your true self will always make you far happier. Um, than any sort of monetary compensation or or outside validation like that that's the type of stuff that really fills your heart you know and feeds your soul is genuinely being able to wake up every day authentically you um, doing things that you love and enjoy doing I think that's what we all should be striving for at the end of the day so big shout out to Rachel Loca for helping bring this conversation to life and man one week away from the season two finale which is crazy crazy to say everybody having an amazing Halloween if you are are listening to this on the day of Go enjoy yourself, um, and I'll catch you on Thursday with a brand new episode. Again, my other podcast, The Street Stoic. Go check that out. Go subscribe, please. Go follow that, whatever it's called on whatever platform you listen. I appreciate you. It's some daily inspiration. I love this podcast. I'm excited to be bringing it to you. I hope that you enjoy it as much uh, as as I like making it. So please go check that out, The Street Stoic. And uh, that's it. I'll catch you on Thursday with Thursday Trends episode. So then stay safe. Talk soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the My Cultura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio.
5: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. Pick up, pick up. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises.